This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and joining me today is Dr. Richard Blackaby. Thank you, Sam. The Sam, the pig farmer, chicken farmer, <laughs> flower farmer. Farmer of many things. <laughs> yeah. Cultivator of the earth. Yes. <laughs> as I like to think about it. Yeah, we've uh, spring is here, and we're moving into the warmer months of summer not too long. And yeah, uh, yeah things are, things are busy. growing. It's busy. It's very, very busy. So trying to stay on top of everything is a constant challenge, not to mention our growing kids, which uh, they just... Uh, Still require food and clothing. They do. Attention. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just a pick me up. No, <laughs> set me down. So how, how are you guys not independent yet? It's been, it's been years. <laughs> I've, I've been training you for four years now. I know. Sheesh. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, you... you Probably don't have to uh, be alive long, um, and in, especially in the church world, um, to look around and, and see that it, it seems almost weekly that there's some pastor or church leader um, who was a rock star and sort of the, the it child, and suddenly there's a, a fall from grace. There's a moral failing. There's some issue, some scandal that uh, has has taken yet another leader off the pedestal. And uh, it can be a little bit bewildering, I think, for some who are perhaps not on those pedestals. Um, but what what are we to make of that? And, and how are we as leaders who will, you know, if you are a leader, you will be put on some sort of a pedestal at some point, um, what what are we to do with that? How how are we to approach the pedestal? Yeah, and leadership? I think Sam, you know, there's a, a lot of uh, high celebrity, well known people, both in the church world, the business world, that uh, uh, were just everywhere. You were constantly hearing about them. Every major conference, these guys are speaking, and there's they've always got a new book out, and everybody's tweeting them, and uh, they're just dominating the airwaves. Uh, and then to people's amazement, all of a sudden they've been asked by the elders of their church to step down. And there's all kinds of uh, issues that no one knew about. And, uh, and sometimes it's been ongoing for a while and uh, could be an anger issue, could be an addiction issue, uh, could be an adultery, sexual issue. But uh, you, we've been bombarded so much uh, in recent days that I've had people almost saying, are any of these guys legit? Are they, are they all hiding something? It just yeah. seems like it's, they're all falling uh, away. And I would just say about that, uh, in one sense, certainly sin is not uh, just limited to the domain of the megachurch pastor or the, the high-level CEO. Uh, everybody at every level is going to struggle uh, to some degree. But I do think there is a certain uh, pressure and a certain temptation that comes when you're put on a pedestal, when you're made mm -hmm. into a celebrity. And of course, you can be a celebrity at a very low level. Uh, you might have just won your local beauty pageant or you might have won Miss Universe, but uh, at either level, there's some temptations that come, some pressures and expectations. Yeah. And so I remember just... Uh, 
pastoring a small church and being becoming something of the celebrity. Not much. My church wasn't much of a celebrity, but uh, it could be something as simple as just coming down to the ice cream fellowship afterward and having the the ladies uh, on the hospitality committee coming over with an extra. Uh, you know, mega-sized uh, bowl with ice cream that they and I was going to go light. I was going to try to not maybe even eat any dessert at that time. Uh, but then these dear ladies have put all just bountiful dessert there for the pastor. Yeah, because you're our pastor and you deserve uh, extra scoop of More ice sugar. cream and uh, and so I was just a pastor of a small church then. But even then you can be treated a bit differently and yeah. put on a, a pedestal at that on that scale. And so I think there is a certain amount of pressure that comes from that. Uh, when you're a leader, uh, there will be a certain uh, segment within your organization at times uh, that will want to treat you differently, uh, view you differently. And, and, and you can kind of get on a pedestal typically in one of two ways. One way is when people put you there. Um, it's not, it might not be something you were even seeking. Uh, you might be shy or introverted yourself, but, uh, by the nature of your job, uh, people want to put you up on a pedestal and treat you differently. Uh, and one thing I found is that we, th there's just within a lot of people's psyche, uh, a desire to have heroes, people we can look up to, we can put our trust in, we can celebrate, take pride in, and, we tend to think that our heroes are are larger than life, that they're they're perhaps perfect or at least a lot better at things than we are. That's why they're our hero. That's why mm -hmm. they're our leader. And we we have this sense in which if you're going to be a, a a prominent person, a prominent leader, then you must be better at life than we are. You must be better at praying. You must be better at your quiet times. You must be better with people. You must just have a better marriage. You must be a better parent than the rest of us because you're at the top of our pyramid here in our organizational chart. And, and of course, that's just not true. Uh, we, we may be really good at uh, the particular leadership role that we have, but that doesn't mean that we're good at everything. It doesn't mean that we've got our life all figured out. Uh, we might just have one good skill. That's why, you know, some just because some guy can run down a football field with a, holding a football doesn't mean that he's good with his finances, he's good with his morals, uh, that he's a good father, a good husband. Uh, he's just good at carrying a football and not getting knocked down too soon. And so, uh, and of course, uh, recently, uh, Tim Keller, uh, passed away, uh, sadly, uh, was a great, mm. great influential pastor. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for him, what he did. Uh, but if you read a biography about him, you'll find he wasn't perfect. And I don't mean he was immoral, uh, that he was a bad person. Uh, but he, interestingly, uh, in a book I read recently that I think we reviewed, um, he was seen in college and in his younger days as being a bit socially awkward. Uh, it was funny because yeah. he becomes a beloved pastor, yeah. uh, but it didn't come naturally to him. Uh, and he wasn't necessarily a great administrator. And he, even though he grew a great church in Manhattan, yeah. of all places, uh, he had staff at times that would get real frustrated with him because he, they loved him as a person. They loved him as a person of integrity and 
godliness, but that doesn't mean that he was good at everything he did. And he had to find a way to, to, to balance that. And even people like a Billy Graham, of course, he has been put on lots of pedestals, uh, was voted most respected person in America, I think, a number of times. Uh, but I know several of his children. I know several of his grandchildren. And they all respect him. They all loved him. But uh, they all could also tell you that he had feet of clay. And, yeah. you know, we, we could, I could say that about my father, uh, as you know as well as I do, that uh, great man of God, uh, great heart for God, but he had his struggles like everybody else, where at times he could be very, very human. And again, not that he was a bad person, an immoral person, but just had his, he had his weaknesses. Yeah. Well, uh, he's human. And I yeah. think that's the thing, because we almost deify the the celebrity or the leader, the hero that we look up to. Yeah. And but, it's almost shocking to find out that, oh, they're yeah. normal. Like, and I think, uh, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know that we're doing our people uh, a, a service by letting them, uh, if we maintain a mirage for them, that yeah. we are larger than life, uh, that we are different than them, that we're not tempted like they are, uh, you know, that we don't struggle or that we can't be discouraged when, when everyone else is. Uh, and so I, I think you're going to have to, as a leader at some point, de- determine what, what, what am I going to do about that pedestal? Yeah. And I know, uh, and there will always be challenges. I, I, I've known uh, churches where even in the fellowship hall or the dining room where people would have the church meals, uh, there might be a, a special platform that was built for the pastor and his wife to sit on where they were elevated above everybody else and everyone could see them. And, uh, or, I don't see how that could be a problem. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've found uh, that there even just things like, uh, okay, where, where do I sit around the boardroom table? Now, I, I tended to sit at the, the head when I was the president of a, of a table because I would often be the one directing it or uh, leading out in the discussion. But, but there are times where uh, we can set up a place of prominence where that, okay, that's where the big guy sits, the, the, the top the CEO person is, and uh, that's where the VPs sit. And wh- where am I in the pecking order around this board table? And you, you want to be careful sometimes because you can create a culture where we put certain people on a pedestal. They sit at the in the special chairs. Mm-hmm. They they are on a different floor of the building than the rest of us. Uh, they have special parking places, and and I I, I don't. I'm not trying to say that there's never a, a time where they might you might need some special things uh, just by the nature of your job or whatever. But um, but be careful about letting people put you on a pedestal and treat you as as royalty. I I I know that this happens in churches, and I I just think it's a it's not a healthy trend where we begin to treat the pastor uh, as almost like the king or the royalty. The, yeah. The, the, and we've got the first lady. and we. Um, it's great that people want to love and respect uh, their leader, uh, but, but we, we can, a good thing can be tarnished by sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but then also sometimes it's us. We, the only thing worse than letting people put you on a pedestal is when you put yourself on the pedestal. And you begin to present yourself uh, on stage 
in front of your people where you're always telling them your best stories. You're putting your best foot forward all the time. And you never share any of your weaknesses, your failures, your struggles, your doubts. Uh, it's always your success stories. Uh, you always got it right. Um, and and sometimes we think it's that we uh, our people need us to be a pillar of strength for them. And I, I think we should, as a leader, we should exude some confidence or if, if you're going to lead you should be confident in the role god's given you but that doesn't mean you're perfect it doesn't mean that you always get it right yeah. um and uh and i know some people that will look at a leader kind of like you look at your doctor you want the doctor to come in very on top of things and of course we know that no doctor is perfect that they all make mistakes that they miss symptoms they misdiagnose but we 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 really want to believe that they that they're pretty well perfect you know and that they're they're not going to miss a serious disease i have when i come in to see them i I went and just had a follow-up visit with my doctor yesterday and um he he knows i'm a i travel and speak and and talk about leadership and so on and uh I don't usually talk a lot about that when I'm there because I'm telling him about my most recent ailment usually. But um, but he was kind of funny. He came in yesterday and he kind of I, I asked him a question and he he sort of sat down and went on a bit of a rant with me about things that he was really frustrated about. And, uh, you know, I, I think if I if all I ever heard was his rants every time, I think I'd be a little concerned that can we, let's bring it back to, to me. I'm here to talk about me, me, me right now. Yeah. And the fact that my back won't is in pain all the time. But um, but in some ways that I know that my doctor is human like I am. I know I, there's no point in putting him on a pedestal. I know he's He's uh, got his own struggles, his own life, his own needs, just like I do. And I think sometimes as a pastor, though, we or a CEO, we, we feel like we have to somehow sort of sterilize all of that and just have this perfect uh, where we never doubt. We, uh, we always know the right answer. We always do the right thing. We're the perfect husband or wife, the perfect parent, perfect friend. And of course, no one can relate to that. And and so then, uh, and then people have unrealistic expectations of us. If you if you're going to present yourself as perfect all the time, then people are going to expect you to be perfect. Yeah. And they're going that's going to be how they measure you. And and of course, you don't you don't really want to set people up with that kind of expectation because nobody can keep that up. We're yeah. we're all going to fall off the pedestal at that point. So be careful how high you let people uh, build that pedestal because it's going to hurt all the more when you fall off of it yeah. and you come crashing down. And so, you know, there's several things that I would say as far as uh, how to avoid it uh, and how to be how to protect yourself from that. And we can maybe just get started before the break. Uh, one is just be careful about being too black and white about things. Uh, and I, I've heard people do this and it's some, they can also be very legalistic. And I've known some pastors like this, that they, they condemned everybody that had a shortcoming and then lo and behold, it comes out, well, they have the very same shortcoming. And, you know, I've seen that a number of times where like a, maybe a prominent pastor, it's discovered that they've had a moral failure. And then some other prominent pastors come out condemning them, saying they should never be in the ministry again, that they should have known better, and it's a disgrace to the name of God. And then a month later, you find out that this guy that was criticizing him has worse moral failures than what he was criticizing. Uh, 
But it, was it Shakespeare that had a line that thou dost protest too much? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I've just found, and it's ironic sometimes when, because I've seen people that uh, had no grace for people that that failed. Yeah. And then not that much longer after that, uh, they're the ones in need of grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, I've, I've thought to myself, and if, if you act as if it could never happen to me, then you're really setting yourself up. Uh, almost yeah. uh, I, just the irony of that is that because you condemned others for struggling with that sin, that issue, uh, it's not going to be necessarily a surprise when sure enough it, you discover that people discover that that's the very issue you struggle with as well. And so I think uh, part of why you don't want to get on a pedestal is because you have feet of clay like everybody else. And that doesn't mean you're, you, you can justify your failures. You, you don't want to fail, uh, but you realize, well, that person is a fellow struggler just like me, and they succumbed uh, to the pressure, to the temptation. And if I'm not careful, uh, th- that could be me as well. So I want to be—I don't want to put myself up as, as someone that. Uh, and I, and I, there, there are just so many, especially now with social media, that their whole role in life seems to be to, to critique what everyone else is doing. And what you don't realize sometimes is by doing that, you're implying I'm the only one who really gets things right. And yeah. so I'm up on this pedestal critiquing everybody else. And that's a very, very dangerous, vulnerable place for you to be. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break here. I'm very excited about the online class that BMI is offering, When God Speaks. This is the first book I ever wrote with my father and perhaps one of the most important issues you'll ever address. How do you know when God is speaking to you? God speaks in many different ways uh, and God always has something life-changing, something crucial that he wants to communicate with you. You can't afford to miss what God has to say to you. Sometimes he may speak out loud, but often he speaks in numerous other ways as well. And you need to be alert to the numerous ways God may be wanting to communicate His will with you. This is a six-week course in which we'll look at all the major issues related to God speaking to His people. It's full of videos and studies that you can do, um, and I know it will bless your life as you look very carefully at the various ways God may be wanting to communicate with you in these very important days in which we live today. Well, if you're in a position of leadership, uh, a pedestal may be uh, unavoidable, um, but if you are going to be on it, uh, there are a few things uh, that that you should probably know, as we discussed before the break. Um, But as we uh, wrap up here, Richard, what are some other things that we can apply to protect ourselves from that eventual pedestal. Yeah, and you know, of course, if you have a pe- if you are in a pedestal, there are times where you do have a prominent leadership role, and you want to steward that well. You want to use it for good. If you if you do have a voice, use that voice uh, for good, but be very careful as well that you don't become vulnerable because sometimes when you're lifted up above everybody else you begin to think that you're not like everyone else, that you don't have to protect yourself the same way everyone else does. Uh, I, it's interesting uh, at times, because what, what happens is a lot of the people that we're noticing that are failing uh, are people that we thought were experts in this very field, in moral living, in 
living with accountability and uh, living with integrity. And they were the ones writing the books on it. And then they failed themselves. And so, but, but often the problem is that because they were on a pedestal, they assumed that what they were writing was for all the riffraff down below, but it didn't really apply to them. That, that, that wasn't a problem for them. So mm-hmm. several things that you can do just to protect yourself from that kind of attitude. One is just never assume that uh, it could never happen to you. Uh, and I mean, there are some things when I think about certain kinds of sins and uh, moral failings, I mean, it turns my stomach even to consider it, even to think what would that be like if that were me. And yet it's not beyond the realm of possibility. If I were careless enough, if I began just to neglect my walk with God, if I neglected my marriage, my accountability, if I no longer was listening to the Spirit's prompting in my heart, um, it's not it's not impossible for me to do some of the very things that I'm appalled even to consider at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, and so um, I think it's just wise to always assume under the right conditions, under the right circumstances, um, I could be vulnerable too, even though you don't think you could be. I, I Some of the people that have fallen uh, morally have been people who wrote some of the best books on how not to do that. Mm. And they later reflected and said, I knew all the, I knew all the dangers. I knew all the, uh, the, the temptations that could come, but I was caught in a weak moment where I was not myself. I was tired. I was, uh, I was, exhausted. I was empty. And had I been at my best, I would have certainly resisted that. But, and so they realized, I guess, even for me, I I could write a book on how not to fall off a pedestal. And then under the right circumstances, that would be me falling Mm. off the very pedestal. I tried to keep everybody else from falling off of. Uh, and the second thing is just when you do fall off a pedestal, that doesn't just come out of nowhere. Um, uh, it was, I was talking with someone the other day, uh, and saying, you know, here's a person that committed adultery, but as far as we know, they did, it was like a one night stand. It was, they did it one time and we could have a big debate about, uh, how, how less grievous that is to have a one night stand as opposed to maybe being a serial adulterer. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming a serial adulterer is worse, but, uh, but what someone was saying to me is, it yeah, it may have just been once, but that one failure probably came not just out of nowhere. That probably yeah. came from uh, someone who had uh, daydreamed about committing that sin for years or was maybe watching pornography or was watching uh, sexually explicit movies and uh, they maybe only had one one night stand, but they had allowed sexual temptation to fill their heart and mind for years, mm-hmm. and and they finally stumbled on just the right circumstance that caused the the tipping point that caused them to go just from thinking about it to doing it, and so because uh, a lot of times, I mean, a sexual sin can can certainly blindside you, uh, just like other sins. But oftentimes what makes you vulnerable is that you've toyed with that sin. You've, mm. you've inched right up next to that sin without doing, you've been flirtatious with people of the opposite sex, but you've never slept with anyone before. But 
you, you keep flirting and flirting and then one day someone actually reciprocates and someone wants to take things to another level. And so uh, I found the best way to not fall off a pedestal is don't keep standing near the edge of it. <laughs> don't, don't keep looking over the edge and thinking what it would be like. Um, just stay as far away from that as you can because uh, those failures typically come you know, the act of failure often comes from thoughts that and, and things that got into your heart that made you vulnerable in the first place. Um, a third thing is just if you want to not fall off a pedestal, uh, hold yourself accountable. Uh, one of the there's been lots and lots of studies of people that have failed in some ways, either in the business world or in church world. And pretty well, the only uh, consistent uh, thing that they found with people who've fallen is that they were accountable to no one, that nobody could look them in the eye and ask them hard questions and demand answers. And, uh, I was, I was talking with an organization that had their founder, their, uh, very respected leader had fallen. And I, I was asking someone, I said, well, I would, just from what I know about your organization, I would have thought you guys had a very high level of accountability of, of checks and balances and protections uh, to protect people because uh, some of you folks are traveling and you, you must have had rules about things. Uh, and the person said, oh, yeah, said we actually had a very high uh, rules and system uh, of accountability. He said it just it didn't it's just that it didn't apply to the founder it mm. didn't it didn't apply to the CEO mm. it applied to everybody else but but because yeah. he was considered larger than life he was considered foolproof like that would never we wouldn't even it wouldn't even cross our minds even to it would be embarrassing even to suggest that he followed the same rules all the rest mm. of us follow and of course he ended up being the very person that failed more than anybody else and so uh, they there's no accountability so. When you're the when you're the boss, sometimes uh, I mean sometimes your board can uh, insist on some things, uh, but if you're the leader, you're going to often have to take the initiative with that, and you're going to have to make it very clear. Uh, I'm not going to ask an accountability of of my staff that I don't ask of myself as well. Uh, I need someone checking on me just like we check on everybody else. Uh, if we're going to check everyone else's expense account, someone needs to be checking mine. And if we don't let anyone else travel and be in a compromising situation with someone of the opposite sex, then I can't, I can't say, well, it's okay if I do that. Uh, and so accountability will keep you from falling off the edge. Um, and, and just kind of with that accountability, it's just there's no one in their life that they're close enough to that would even call them out. That would, like They don't have friends. It might not even be in their company, but a prayer partner, uh, just a close friend who knows them well, who, who they share everything with. And um, it's one thing to have systems right in your organization, but uh, a lot of these folks that fall off the pedestal, you discover... A lot of people thought they knew them, but then you realize, well, they didn't really have any close friends. They didn't have anybody they just let their hair down with. Nobody that they just shared, you know what, I'm really discouraged right now. I'm really empty right now. I feel like I'm vulnerable uh, right now. My marriage isn't good right now, and I'm just concerned that uh, I'm, I'm vulnerable more than, than usual at this point in my life. And someone that is going to call you up or text you out of the blue and say, Hey, how's that going today? And are you, did you have time with the Lord today? Did you 
have you you know done this and have you done that and uh and so it's you and oftentimes you're going to have to go enlist those kind of people you're going to have to invest in close friends it's a it's amazing to me sometimes how uh significant leaders don't really have close friendships they don't they they're on they're around people all the time and so you just assume well they must have golfing buddies or coffee buddies or whatever and then you realize well there's really nobody that they really knows uh the the true them uh it's a facade uh, for everybody mm. uh and then a fifth one just walk with god with an open heart and an, an honest heart a listening heart um and uh i tell you it's just hard it's not impossible, but it's a lot harder to fall into sin if you've got a vibrant, close walk with God. Mm. And you're not just talking to God, but you're listening to God. Uh, I, I find that if I don't really want to hear certain things from people, I just dominate the conversation. If I'm the one doing all the talking, I'm not going to hear anything I don't want to hear. And yeah, Or just not talk to that person. In yeah, the just don't, don't meet with yeah. them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we can do the same with God, where all of our times with God are where I'm singing, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm talking, I'm doing something, but I'm not just quietly listening and saying, God, search my heart, search my mind, see if there's any hurtful things in me. And then you just go quiet and let God start to bring stuff to your attention. Um, a sixth thing would be when you're just too busy to, to slow down and reflect and because a lot of times you think to yourself, how could a person have been playing with fire like that and not thought they were going to eventually get burned? I mean, that's it's just ridiculous. You, I, I, people that are embezzling money from the company, you think that they're audited every year. They're, they're, I mean, it, it's, it's inevitable that you can't do that. You can't commit that illegality and not eventually be found out. Well, what were they thinking? And yet, that's the problem. They're, they're not thinking. They're not reflecting. They're just. They're, they're in such a spinning world right now. It's going so fast that they have not had. They're just not taking time to reflect and mm-hmm. to stop and take take inventory to say this can only lead to bad places. I've got to stop this merry-go-round and get off right now before I end up places I, I never would want to be. Uh, and so busyness sometimes is it kind of hides from you the reality of how bad and how messy things are getting, how vulnerable you are until it's too late. And maybe the last two things, the seventh thing is that you can become, don't, don't become tantalized by adoring voices. And there, there are always those in a leader's world that love to just tell you what you want to hear, to tell you, you might be saying, where do I find some of those people? <laughs> it's my world. Everyone is happy to tell me what I'm doing wrong. But, uh, but there are those people, if, you're, if you are on a public stage somewhere, uh, that will think you're just wonderful, you're so wise, and you're so smart, you're so godly, and, um, and they'll just, love, just so appreciate all that you do. And if you're not careful, that can become very seductive, and mm-hmm. you can just be drawn to that and just know. And on social media, people can... Come, you know, try to message you and tell you how awesome you are. And I'll tell you, in your vulnerable moments, it can sound like I just need to hear from someone who thinks I'm wonderful right now. Because when I go home, my wife's going to just want to know why I didn't take out the garbage. But but this person at work, they they think they always think I'm wonderful. And I'll tell you, that's just a very dangerous trap. It's not reality. 
Um, if you left your wife for that person, that person would want to know why you never take out the garbage. They, it, <laughs> it, it's not, it's, it's an illusion. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but you can begin listening to these voices of praise and be seduced by them. And, uh, and so I, I think you just need to keep your feet on the ground to realize, uh, th- this is nobody's like that. When, when you're in that seat of power, uh, then everybody wants uh, to find an inroad into the top person, the the leader. But mm-hmm. um, but don't buy into those lies. Don't buy into that seduction. Uh, keep your feet on the ground. Keep your heart close to God. And the last one is just uh, as a leader, you can begin to lose your sense of dependence upon God. You begin to think that you have really got this thing figured out, that you are very gifted, you're very talented, and mm-hmm. look what I've done for this company. It was nothing when I got here, and now look at how what our sales are up to, and look at how many people are attending the church now, and look how many are here because of me, and they like hearing me preach, and uh, they, they like the way I lead, and, um, and you begin to think that it's because of you, and you're just a good leader, and of course I pray, and I read my Bible when I have time, but... Uh, but really, it's me that's growing this organization, and uh, and you know, there's times that the Bible says you know, pride will come before a fall. You you start to think that it's really about you, and I've seen where sometimes God just removes His hand from you and says, "Well, let me let me just let you see what it's like when it is just you, when it's not me, blessing yeah. and protecting and guiding and working and empowering. Let me show you." what you can do in just your strength. And I'll tell you what, that can be a very humbling thing uh, where you begin to realize, what what on earth was I thinking? Uh, I am absolutely, totally dependent upon God. Uh, I, and I realize that every time I preach a sermon, and I preach a lot of sermons, uh, I give a lot of talks every year, but, but every solitary time you get up on a platform in front of a bunch of people that are waiting to hear a word from God or to hear a word of uh, expertise and encouragement and inspiration, you realize you're just one f- flop away from having your feet firmly planted back on the ground. One yeah. bad day, one bad presentation, uh, and you mess up, you lose your train of thought, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, God, help me never get back on stage again without a total sense of dependence upon you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, that's you, the moment that you begin to think, this is my organization, this is my staff, this is my company, it was my church, I'm the one who built this, you are very, very close uh, to falling off the pedestal. And so you don't want to get on the pedestal in the first place, but sometimes as a leader, you will be on something of a pedestal. You are on a stage, uh, might not be a, a, a pedestal, but it's a stage that you're on. You're a public figure. People are watching you, and not everybody can handle that. Uh, there are some people that they're just wired. They're either insecure. They're just really codependent on the, the the praise of others. But some of us, we can't handle the stage, and we need to stay off of it. And if we are on the stage, we need to realize we all have feet of clay. We're all yeah. vulnerable, and none of us can be careless on the stage, or we'll find ourselves falling off the edge uh, sooner than we ever would have thought. Yeah. Well, it's a, a sobering reminder, and uh, I think some great. Uh, nuggets of wisdom for our listeners. So thank you, Richard. 
Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.